the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. He says, stand at the crossroads and look. Now, the Hebrew word for look literally means consider. Sometimes we're so eager to see what God will do that we don't stop to consider what he is doing. And thus, we miss God's direction for today. Look around you in your life and notice what God is up to in your present. Don't always be thinking forward because God speaks in the now, in everyday simple ways. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Jeremiah. Do you feel like you're at a crossroad in your life? How do you decide which way to go? Will you follow your heart or your head? As Pastor Gary will encourage us in today's message, In that moment of questioning, God is the first place you need to look. It's unlikely He'll pop out of the clouds and broadcast His will for you. You'll need to actively seek Him and be ready and alert for His leading. It may come in subtle signs or in a gentle voice. However it comes, you can easily miss it if you aren't focused on Him. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 6, as he continues his message, Wisdom for the Crossroads. The instruction Jesus gave was you just wait for the promise my Father has promised you. Like, just wait for the Holy Spirit. That's all you're supposed to do. Just pray and wait. And they get together, like, anybody have some cards and some dice? Yeah, yeah, anybody? And so they start, you know what they decide? we got to replace Judas. So anybody got some dice? We're going to roll some dice, and we're going to try to figure out who should be Judas's replacement. God never asked him to do that. What are they doing? We need to help God out. We need to replace Judas. No. God never told you to do that. So they roll the dice. You know, they're like, they think they're at Vegas. They're rolling the dice. And, and then they choose a guy named Matthias. We never hear about that guy ever again in all of the Bible or in church history. Because it probably wasn't God's choice. Paul was the guy that God wanted to choose later. You see, in the book of Thessalonians, the people thought, well, God is going to come soon, so we might as well quit our jobs and not work. And Paul has to come along and say, hey, listen, Bernie Sanders, if a man doesn't work, he shall not eat. And so, and so they're like, oh, I guess we got to work. I guess we got to actually work. And so we, we, we want to wait for the return of Christ, but we, we can't take matters into our own hands. Yeah, work while you wait, okay? So here's the situation. 
Many of us tend to just rush ahead of God and and think that we're doing God a, a favor, when in reality, God just wants us to stand still. Just stand. Don't run, don't walk. Stand is the first directive here. Be still. Stand. You want to get wisdom from above? God's not going to chase you down. God wants you to stand there and be still in his presence. What did David say in Psalm 37, 7? Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. In Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Standing still is not inaction. We sometimes think, if I'm not doing something, I'm not making progress. Standing still is not inaction, not for the Christian. Standing still is a plan of action because you're waiting on the Lord for the next step. Don't be afraid just to stand still and wait. We need to learn the art and the discipline of standing still and just waiting on the Lord. Isaiah said in Isaiah 64, 4, since ancient times, no, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. But see, we have a hard time waiting and standing still because our culture has kind of conditioned us that everything is supposed to happen at rapid fire. And so if we don't get things the way we want it now, something's wrong. And so we're not even conditioned anymore how to stand still. McDonald's Corporation did a study three years ago because they were hearing complaints from people that the drive through was taking too long. So three years ago, the McDonald's Corporation did a study in South Florida based on this complaint. Okay, now, what they discovered was that the average weight at the drive through McDonald's, from the time that you gave your order in the box to the time you got your food and drove off, average weight before this study, three minutes and nine and a half seconds. <laughs> Is that like something to complain about? How quickly do you need a heart attack? <laughs> you know, I really need some grease in less than three minutes because I really want to raise my cholesterol. And by the way, I love McDonald's. I'm not bashing McDonald's. <laughs> Friends, listen, if you're going to go to heaven, just go happy. That, with, <laughs> with a happy meal. That's my motto. But anyway, uh, so they're, they're like, oh, this is ridiculous. Three minutes and nine and a half seconds. We can't make people wait this long. So they commissioned a study because here's their goal. To this day, McDonald's Corporation has a goal. From the time you give your order in the box till you drive off with your food, 60 seconds. That's their goal. Because if it's longer than that, people are like, I can't believe this. I'm I'm getting out of line. And that's what people do. 60 seconds. Now listen, and I say this with all sincerity. I, I pity this generation because this generation has not learned what it means to wait. This generation, and so here's how it translates. You don't learn how to wait now in life, so you don't know how to wait on God. So I'm thankful that, you know, in the days I was growing up, you know, we had to learn to wait. We had to wait for stuff. Just, you had to wait. And it was, it was normal. So we didn't know any different. We just had to actually wait, okay? So how many of you remember that you ha- in order to take a picture, you had to actually load a camera with film? <laughs> I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but that's what you had to do. Today, you're just like, oh, oh, selfie, oh, and print it in like 30 seconds. 
you know, you know, wirelessly to your, to your printer. But back in the day, you actually had this little device called a camera. You had to open the back of the camera. You had to go to your local drugstore and buy spools of film that were usually like 24 pictures or 36 pictures at a time. And then you had to load the back of your camera, drop that film in, and then you had to pull that film all the way over to the other side. And then you had to loop it. And sometimes it was tricky. It wouldn't always catch the first time. So you had to re-loop it over and over again and then wind it. And you don't want to wind it too much because if you wind it too much, now you're going to start to expose the film. So you just wind it a little bit, shut the lid, hope that it took. <laughs> and then you actually would take a picture and not know if it worked. I hope that worked. How many of you got film developed that had a finger across the lens? How many of you ever said, yeah, because you didn't even know that your finger was across the lens. And then if you were taking the picture at nighttime, you had a little cube, a little uh, flash, you know, flashbulb cube that had four, because it had four sides to it. So you had to put it, you know, put it down on top of your camera. It was only good for four pictures. And then, and then sometimes you'd load it and accidentally press the button and off it would go on your face. And to remove the thing was like third-degree burns. I mean, it was like terrible. And then, and then here's what would typically happen. You take pictures like at Christmas time. And you, you take like 12 or 15, but you're not using the whole 36. And so guess what happens? It would just sit on your shelf until like summer vacation. And then you pick it back up, take some summer vacation pictures. And then next Christmas, you'd still have some room on the film. So you take some more pictures and then you'd go. And then when it was all done, you have to carefully rewind. Is anybody already tired? (laughs) You have to rewind the whole thing, take the spool out, go to your drugstore, drop it in an envelope that the sticky thing never worked. So you're dropping it in a hole thinking, I hope these precious pictures come back to me. And then you have like three years of Christmas on it, and it's amazing, and fingers all through it, overexposure and double exposure. Oh, those were the good old days. <laughs> but we had to learn to wait for those things. You'd wait years for pictures. People would die before their pictures would be developed. But at least you learned how to wait. And now today, people don't really know how to wait. And so they're like, God, I, I, I can't believe you don't work as fast as the, as the drive through at McDonald's. What is wrong with you? And so we don't want to be still and we don't want to stand still. But often God will speak to us if we stand still long enough for us to hear him. Well, let's not wait any longer. Let's move on to point number two. And let me highlight the word look. The word look. He says, stand at the crossroads and look. Now the Hebrew word for look literally means Consider. Sometimes we're so eager to see what God will do that we don't stop to consider what he is doing. And thus we miss God's direction for today. Look around you in your life and notice what God is up to in your present. Don't always be thinking forward because God speaks in the now in everyday simple ways. You know, I get it. You know, as Christians in particular, we, we want to see God work in supernatural ways because when God works in supernatural ways, then, then it's just like this amazing thing and, and it's wonderful to behold. But don't discount the many ways that God works through the natural. God is a supernatural God. But sometimes we discount the ways that he works in the natural. And we think, well, that can't be direction for me because, you know, it didn't happen, you know, by way of an angel who came and spoke to me. Okay, stop that. 
Stop. I mean, just look for the ways that God is doing what He does in the natural and see what He's doing in the present. You know, there's a, there's a story in Acts chapter 16. You don't need to turn there, but in Acts chapter 16, in verse 6, it talks about how Paul and his companions were traveling through the region of uh, uh, Phrygia and uh, Galatia. This is in Asia Minor. On a map, it would be in Turkey today. And, and, and when he comes to Galatia, it, it's, he says there in Acts 16.6 that the Holy Spirit kept us from moving on into the rest of Asia, into the rest of Asia Minor. Now, we don't know why. It just says that, and it just kind of drops it on us. The Holy Spirit prevented us, kept us from moving on into the rest of Asia Minor. Now, now, why would that be? Why would the Holy Spirit prevent them from moving forward? Because the purpose was that they wanted to share the gospel. Why would the Holy Spirit say, no, you're not going to move any further? So it seems a mystery to us until you read Paul's letter to the Galatians. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 13, where he says this, you know that it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Interesting. In Paul's missionary journey through Phrygia and Galatia, Paul thought that Galatia was just a pit stop on the way to better things in Asia Minor. But Galatia was not a pit stop with God. And what God determined was that in order to sideline Paul to redirect his steps... I know this is challenging, especially for some Christians who think that Christians or people should never get sick. Listen to me on this. God actually used an illness in the life of Paul to sideline him in Galatia so that the people of Galatia could hear the gospel. God uses very practical, everyday things to direct our steps. Terry and I have been married now for 31 and a half years, and we've spent our entire married life here in Loudoun County. But 28 years ago, when I was a youth pastor, uh, I was offered a job at a church in Indianapolis. And Terry and I went, and I candidated, and I was offered the job. And as we prayed about it, and I'm going to give you this as an example in our lives of how God uses present, everyday things, but this may not be the way that God speaks to you, okay? So I want to I preface my remarks. So as we're praying through this decision, this is 28 years ago, uh, we had just had Tyler, our first child, who also was the first grandchild for both sets of our parents. And both sets of our parents lived here locally. And as part of us weighing and praying, you know, what God wanted us to do for us, okay, we decided to stay put in Loudoun County and not move to Indianapolis because our first child uh, and the first grandchild for both sets of our parents, we wanted to be near family. And so God used that in, in the decision to remain here. Later that same year, 18 charter members of a new startup church that would later be called Cornerstone Chapel asked me to be the first pastor of the church. And here we are 27 years later, and to God be the glory for what he's done. But my point is, you know, we didn't, we didn't wait for some supernatural sign and wonder to direct us at the crossroads of a career decision. God used it to shape our, our family's future and the future of this ministry because a baby was born. And for us, at least, may not apply to everybody, obviously, we felt like it was important to just stay put. And God used that to help us navigate the crossroads of our lives. So the next time that something happens that can either be good or that you might think is an inconvenience... Ask this question, what is God doing in that? The next time you miss your flight, 
or get fired from your job or get hired for a particular job or don't get accepted at that school or you do get accepted at that school or somebody breaks up with you, whatever the case might be, look at the situation for what it is in the present and ask how it is. Look at what God is doing now and ask how it pertains to his wisdom for your life. Number three, I'm going to move on here, but the word ask appears twice in this verse. Ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is, and walk in it. Now, the ancient paths and the good way referenced here in this verse refer to the Torah, meaning the law of God. God is saying, you need to seek me and inquire of me through my word. The reliable, timeless truth of Scripture is always a dependable source of guidance and wisdom and inspiration. We must be people who are reading our Bibles and are searching the Scriptures to find everyday practical wisdom and advice from above. When you are at a crossroads... Please hear me on this. When you are at a crossroads, do not rely on your feelings. Do not trust your emotions. And never, ever make a decision when you're down or angry. Ever. People will live to regret those kind of decisions. When you're at a crossroads, I'm going to say it again, never rely on your feelings, never trust your emotions, and never make a decision when you're down or angry. Turn to the Bible instead as a reliable, never-failing source of truth and guidance. Ask God. That's what he's saying here. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the reliable truth that has been tested by time and survived the scrutiny of the skeptics over the generations. God's Word is true, and God's Word will speak to you and me in either direct ways or indirect ways. I tell people all the time, you need wisdom? Look, all the Bible is good wisdom, but look particularly at the wisdom literature of the Bible. Read Proverbs. Look at Proverbs. Just meditate on Proverbs. Get guidance from God through the wisdom of Proverbs. Read it, devour it, study it, meditate it. God will speak to you through His Word directly, you know, some things you have questions about that there are clear verses about. You know, for example, should I sue my neighbor who's a Christian, you know, for this, whatever it is? Okay, 1 Corinthians 6 says Christians shouldn't sue Christians. There's a Bible verse for that. Should I pay my taxes? I don't really like how much taxes I have to pay. Yeah, Romans 13 says pay your taxes. Be a good citizen. There's some clear verses about some things. But then there are some, also some situations in life where God's Word will speak to you in indirect ways. Now, I'm going to give you an example, but again, sometimes these are unique things that God speaks uniquely to people through His Word. So, with that said, please also just prayerfully consider whenever you read Scripture, before making a rash decision, labor before the Lord and seek Him. But I'm going to give you an example of a friend of mine who was a pastor at a church in San Diego, California, many years ago. He has since gone on to be with the Lord. But he had the opportunity to move here to the East Coast and to take over a ministry that his father had founded years ago and was now headquartered in Bath County, Virginia, down in a little tiny town called Headwaters, Virginia. And so my friend Roger was just really praying through this and living in San Diego, you know, 
San Diego, sunny Southern California. You know, he's like, should I move to some place I've never even been, never even heard of, Headwaters, Virginia, to take over this ministry that my dad had founded years earlier? And he was reading through his Bible and just praying, and he actually came to a passage in the book of Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 1. This is what it says. Oh, that my head were a spring of water, and my eyes a fountain of tears, I would weep day and night for the slain of my people. Oh, that my head were a spring of water. And he's praying, should I move to headwaters? That was his prayer. And he comes to this verse, and God spoke to him very clearly and uniquely through a passage like that. And God can do that. So we have to be good students of God's Word because the ancient paths are not out of date, some antiquated, behind-the-times fables. The Word of God is counsel from God, the wisdom of heaven that, have, that has uh, given unto us for our wisdom and for our benefits. When we are at a crossroads in life and we feel stuck and confused because we've reached a point basically where, where our rational mind can no longer give us direction or answers, we need to turn to the one who can. And we need to consult the Word of God and ask the ancient paths. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7 to 8, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. The last directive here in our text is the word walk. Ask where the good way is, and walk in it. It's not enough to simply ask God for wisdom. We have to walk in it. We have to do what it says in order to benefit from it. This is about obedience. This is hearing what God says and doing what God says. You know, if we just are, are a receptacle of information, but we never apply it, it'll do us no good. It, it's like if a doctor gives you a prescription and you read the label and you read all the literature that comes with the medication, but you never take it, it won't do any good. And this is why James says in James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. In Proverbs 28.26, it says, he who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. After all of this, stand, look, ask, walk. God says, if you do all this, then you will find rest for your souls. It is believed, Bible scholars believe, that Jesus quotes this last part of Jeremiah 6.16 6, about finding rest for your souls when he says in Matthew 11.28-30, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. His language there about yoke, being yoked with him, that's agrarian terminology. This is a farming community that he's speaking to. They would have understood what he meant. What he's basically saying is that we, if we harness ourselves to Jesus... Like oxen are yoked together plowing the same field. Life is a whole lot easier walking with Jesus than walking alone. It's not burdensome with Jesus. It's not wearisome with Jesus. Quite the opposite. 
When we walk with Jesus, obey Jesus, follow Jesus, then we shall have rest for our souls. And when I come to a crossroads, I wouldn't want it any other way. May Jesus help us to always discern from above the crossroads of life. The book of Jeremiah that Pastor Gary has been walking through with you is one of prophecy. It's God's words to a nation that was facing the consequences of their actions. It's a picture of the future, but also a raw and honest look at the present situation. Jeremiah doesn't hide his emotions. And as you continue studying, you'll see his passion for his fellow Israelites and his deep desire that they turn back to God. We hope you'll tune in next time to continue studying this fascinating book with us here on Cornerstone Connection. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can listen again online at our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. We have a mobile app as well, allowing you to take all of Pastor Gary's messages with you on the go. Find a link to download on our website or search for Cornerstone Chapel in your app store. What a great way to fill your day with truth from God's Word wherever you are. Do you live in the Leesburg area? If so, we want to meet you. You're invited to join us this weekend at Cornerstone Chapel for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Bible with Pastor Gary. Our services are at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m. on Sundays, and child care is available. So bring your family. You'll find all the information you need about the church on our website. Again, that's cornerstoneconnection.cc. That's all we have for today in our study of the book of Jeremiah. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure to join us again for Cornerstone Connection. No place to go, but still you know.